This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter eight and we are dealing with the plague of life today. It is the third plague. The first one was the river to blood. The second one was the frogs. And the third one is lice. Interesting, the first two plagues that were set up on Egypt, the calamities, I like to call them the calamities because in our modern idea of plagues, that's more of a illness, something something like COVID or the Black Death or something like that. It's a it's an illness that affects the system. These are calamities. They're, these are natural events that happen. When I say natural, they come from nature. Obviously, God is in control of that which he made. And he he sends that which he made against the Egyptians. And the world is usually used to everything going its way. But the truth is that when God steps in, he's in control. The first two plagues came from the Nile River. And if you know anything about Egypt, the Nile River is excellent. It is of the most importance to the people of Egypt. Without the Nile River, there would be no Egypt. They would be Libya, which is a nation right near them that is basically desert and has very little except for some coastal towns and some ability to grow things right there on the coast. But otherwise, it is it is a nation that can't be very strong, can't be very virulent, can't be very large population because they just they the land will not sustain them. And Egypt was not that way. And Egypt was a great historic military power. It was a great historic uh, nation. It has been for for thousands of years. Even today, Egypt has almost 100 million people. And the reason that that is even possible is because of the Nile River. And God's first two plagues came from the Nile River, came from the very core of their sustenance. The third plague is not going to come from the river. The third plague is going to be a change. And after Pharaoh has lied about him allowing the people to go, if the frogs would turn back, God is going to send a plague that for him and for everyone who is who is watching this, all his people is a plague that is baffling. And you go, well, how is it baffling? Like I said, the enchanters, the magicians, they could turn water into blood. They had some method to do that. They could draw frogs out of the Nile River and cause them to swarm out of the Nile River. But this plague doesn't work that way. This plague is a plague that deals with the land. And I want you to hear me today because it's important that you understand whenever you see the word land, you ought to always tie that word in front of it in scripture, the promised land. And you ought to always think of the promises or the blessings of God. That's what the land represents. It represents Israel. It represents the promises of God. It represents the promises of God fulfilled in time and history. And so God's promises are yes and amen. They're going to be fulfilled. What God says 
he will do in his word he will do. That being said, he wants us to know what he has said in his word because to know his word is to know him. So many times, I guess I get so focused on telling people, you need to know God's word. And I failed to mention that that's how you know him. That's how you know uh, his heart. Now, we live in a day and a time where you can talk to anybody around the world at any time if you've got their cell phone number. And you can even not only talk to them, but you can see a video of them and you can face FaceTime them or you can talk to them on your phone and see their face. But history passed, even back to the days when I was young, you had to be tied to the wall with a phone. And before that, there were no phones. There weren't any phones back a hundred years ago. There were no phones. And no one had the ability to talk to someone a long ways off unless they talked to them through Morse code. They, th there was a telegraph. Or you could speak to someone through a letter. And letters were, a way, were the primary way to communicate. And if you wanted to know about someone's life and someone and who they were, the way you did that was you would write letters and, and writing letters was an art. It was a, it was an important part of people's lives. And, and you could get to know someone through what they wrote to you. And you, you would send letters and talk. And I have many letters from Kathleen when I was in New Jersey and she was in Alabama. We got to talk three times a week on the phone for about five minutes at night. And you go, why so such a limited time? Because it cost a lot of money back then to make a long distance phone call. Today it costs nothing. Then it costs a lot. And those moments are, I, it may have been 10 minutes that we talked three times a week, but those are very important times. And you need to get to know the people that you're going to invest your life in. And you need to get to know those who who are very important in your future and what's going to happen with you in your life. And this is very personal, but I'm going to tell you the word of God is personal. And if you want to know God, you got to know his word because that's the methodology by which he's revealed himself to you. He's revealed himself in the flesh through Jesus Christ and the word of God is the full revelation of Jesus. It is us being given a love letter from God to know him and to be able to understand him. And if you don't understand the word of God, it's hard to say that you understand God. And if you don't understand God, it's hard to say that you can begin to act and walk in faith in his promises, in his promises, so that you make your life an empty vessel for his very best to be poured into. Remember, God's promises, his very best for you is available. It's available through understanding his word, trusting him, and opening your heart and your mind up so that you can be available for God to pour those blessings out on you. He's not going to pour his blessings into a vessel that's broken and pour it all over the floor. He's not going to waste his blessings on those who are not capable of holding them and not capable of glorifying him through them. That's just not going to happen. That's not how things work. And understanding that and knowing that is very important. And if you say, I don't really know the promises of God, that's that. the issue there is you don't know what to trust God for. And you can be led astray real quick by people telling you that God wants you to be this and God wants you to be that. And if you'll just trust him for this and that, then he's going to give it to you. And there's a lot of that going on in the world we live in. I want you to hear me today. There, there's a lot of that going on that God wants this and that and the other for you. And here's the thing. Maybe he doesn't, but I want you to, I want you to know God's word so that you know whether that's true or not. 
and whether or not you're placing your hope and your trust in what somebody's told you or what God's revealed to you in his word. And if you're not doing that, if you're not, if you're not regularly actively soaking in God's word, and this is what's so cool about God. And I, I can't, I can't overemphasize this enough. This is what's so really cool about God. God will, he will pour you full of his word if you'll seek him out. He says, if you seek me, you'll find me, meaning he's going to give you all of him, but you got to seek me with your whole heart. Uh, if you're willing to really chase after God, God will open you up and allow you to see and understand things quick, fast. He's that kind of God. He's into the whirlwind romance. He loves to have somebody chase after him real fast. And y'all have a whirlwind romance and get to know each other very closely and understand who he is and understand his ways. He's into that. God's that kind of God. And uh, and if you're interested in investing a lot of time in him, he's interested in investing a lot of time in you. And if I were you, I'd chase after God fully and wholly and completely. And when we talk about the land is the promises of God. And for the Egyptians, obviously they had the Nile River and without the Nile River, there wouldn't, it would be no, there would be no Egypt. And remember a river always symbolizes the Holy Spirit. It's flowing water. It is, it is the spirit of God cleansing and working. Water is always a picture of the Holy Spirit's cleansing work and sustaining work in the lives of individual believers. So if you have a giant river, that would be the, and by the way, there's going to be a river flowing from the throne of God in the new, in the new Jerusalem. And it's a perfect picture of God's, the best God has for you flowing from his throne room. And the river's important, but remember the river, the river soaks and nourishes what? The land. And the land is the promises of God. And so the Holy Spirit soaks and enables and strengthens the promises of God in your life. And, and so the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the land so that it might become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Now, I've studied this word for lice here. I don't think it means lice like lice in your hair. In fact, I'm pretty sure that's not what the idea is. I think it means gnats. I think the best way to translate this word is strike, strike the land so that it might become gnats. And you go, lice is worse than gnats. I don't know if you've ever been in, the, if you've ever been in the wiregrass in Alabama. There's a couple of weeks right at the end of the summer. They're coming up right, right here in the next few months, in the next month or so. There's a couple of weeks in the middle of the summer where you just about can't go outside because of the gnats. And it is, they get in your eyes, they get in your nose, they get in your mouth, they get in your clothes, they get in your house, they just get into everything. And they are such a nuisance. And in many ways, for some people, they're such a danger. They're so destructive and they're, and they are, they are something that just can't, you just, ugh. that's the only way I can say it. You just want to get away from them. You, you want to figure out some way to get them out of your life. And for the land of the promises of God to become gnats is a picture of if you're not going to have the promises of God, then you're going to have, and you're not going to glorify God, then you're going to have, you're going to have what the opposite of that is. You're going to have the antithesis of that. And so he says, for Aaron stretched out his hand and rod and struck the dust of the earth and it became lice on man and beast. All the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Notice, we're talking about a horrific, terrible event. And the next one's going to be just as bad, just in a bigger form, with flies. 
but but notice God is striking not only the river where the where the fresh water flows where the goodness of the Holy Spirit washes and cleanses us and prepares us for his very best but he then also strikes the land and the land becomes rather than becoming a blessing it becomes a curse and it becomes a curse to the Egyptians in such a way uh, that they don't know how to handle this and they don't know anything to do about it and they come to the conclusion that this is not Moses trying to pull a trick on them they come to the conclusion that this is God at work and that's what verse 18 19 tell us it says now the magicians so worked with their enchantments to bring forth lice but they could not notice they they wanted to replicate the miracle that Moses had made the plague that Moses had brought the calamity that Moses had had brought about with his rod and they wanted to do the same but they could not so there were lice on man and beast and notice this that's the second time that said lice was on everything and it it is highly destructive for man and it's highly destructive for their animals it was destructive for that it says then magicians said to pharaoh this is the finger of god i think that is a interesting way of saying it notice that it's not the hand of god it's not the breath of god it's the it is an act a clear act that is from God. It's not. It's not something that that we would say is so calamitous as to destroy a nation. But it is clearly the hand. It is clearly the finger. It is clearly an act of God. And Moses and Aaron didn't do this. God's doing this. And sometimes that happens in life. Sometimes we, as believers, we walk around and we walk in darkness and not in the light. And, and we begin to take on the ways and the will of the world. And when we do that, we also open ourselves up to, to the curses that the world lives in. You can easily entangle yourself in the world's ways. I know that specifically myself, and I have seen it happen to almost every believer that I know. You can easily get entangled in the ways and the will of the world. And when you do that, you cause yourself to also face the calamities that are brought about by living like the world, and uh, you're not protected from them. And now you say, God protects me. Sure he does. But if you're going to live like the world, you're going to have the world. If you're going to live for God, you're going to have God. He says, you can't expect that God's going to give you his full blessings in the midst of you living like the world. It can't happen that way. It's not going to happen that way. That's not the way things work. And that's not the way God does things. He's not going to glorify himself with the world. He's going to glorify himself with you. And the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But notice, but Pharaoh's heart grew hard and he did not heed them just as the Lord had said. And I see that happening a lot of times for believers that they harden their hearts. And remember throughout scripture after, after the book of Exodus, it's going to say, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. And even though the world always hardens its heart toward God, God's people can harden their heart toward God also. And if you do, you can't turn around to God and say, why have you allowed this to happen? And why is this going on in my life? You can't do that. That's, that's not, it's not reasonable. It's not logical. You can't say, I want the world and then get what the world has to offer and then turn to God and say, why you, why have you allowed this to happen? Remember, there's a road that leads to life and it is in, and the gate to that road is Jesus Christ. And then there's a road that leads to death and many go there 
And if you join the, the crowd and head toward the world and death, don't turn around and ask God why you're experiencing things in such a way that your life feels like it's being destroyed. It is because you're, you have invested your life into the ways of the world and the ways of the world lead to death. The promises of God, the goodness of God, the blessings of God are where life is found. And you can only find that in a relationship, in a faith walk with Jesus Christ. And anything else other than that is, is just death. And so Pharaoh's going to harden his heart. It's going to ultimately lead to a very destructive time for the Egyptians and a very terrible time for even Pharaoh and his own household. And I would say to you today that God has got his blessings available. and He's made himself available. But you've got to chase after him and walk with him so that you can know what those blessings are and that you can experience them yourself. I hope you will. I expect that you will. And I expect that God's going to give you all the big things that he's made specifically for you in your life, the unique presence that are just for you and him, because he made you to glorify him and you are a treasure for him. And he gave his blood, his own son's blood so that you might be with him. May you walk with him. May you experience his blessing. May you see his face and may you have his very best on this day in Jesus name. Amen. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.